Good evening, good evening, good evening, and welcome to another KG Fifth Wheel Wildcat and Doc podcast. Fellas, how are you? Doing okay today. You know, I'm doing well. Doing just fine. Doing just fine. <laughs> Wildcat, this is for you, sir. Okay. Quote, I feel so honored to be able to extend my basketball career in this great city, which I now call home. I can't thank Mr. Alexander enough for the faith he has shown in me and the incredible support my family and I feel from the organization and our fans. From the first day I arrived, you embraced me as your own. Your support has helped me grow so much as a player and as a man. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. I can assure you our team will work hard together, grow together, build together, compete together, and pursue our ultimate goal, another championship for H-Town together. Who said that, Wildcat? That'd be James Harden. And what are your thoughts on what Mr. Harden said, sir? It's just James Harden being James Harden. Are you impressed? No. Why not, sir? What else did they get? I'm asking you your opinion of what he said. I'm asking. I'm asking you what else did they get? Because that's money they could have been spent. Could have been spent elsewhere. What? He had two more years, according to what was released and what was reported, left on a said contract. Am I wrong? You are. In, you are correct, sir. All right. Now he could have opted out next summer. What has he done? And what ha- what direction is the, is the organization headed? to justify changing his contract at this point. He is the flagship. He's the franchise player, Wildcat. There were empty seats toward the end of the season. He is the flagship franchise player, Wildcat. (laughs) There were empty seats during the playoff. One more time. He is the flagship franchise player, Wildcat. By the person that signs the check? About the fans. Yes. Well, clearly it's by the person signed the check. So, but, but, go ahead. ahead. I get that, but I ask the same question. Where, what direction is the organization headed as far as justifying the amount of the increase, the extension, and you just lost your bid? And you have a young bigs that have yet to develop to take you to a place where you need to go right now. I mean, literally, you need to get to that point. <laughs> and that's and that's not just in, in the playoffs. Everybody can get that if, you, if, you, if things fall right. Well, Ken, I'm getting a sense you're not fond of this yeah, renegotiation of contract yeah. that the Rockets announced no, Saturday afternoon. No. You really don't. no. How, much of it, how much of this was one to prevent them from having to deal with moving forward uh, uh, of what we found out with Durant basically getting to the end of the contract and having to go through all that. Plus the need since they didn't have any major moves in the transaction period and they lost a major part of the salary that this is a part to close the gap that they needed to get to the 90% threshold. How much of that may have been a part of this as well? Trying, just trying to fix the books basically. Wow, both of y'all are, are taking a different approach to uh, the well, renegotiation the of, of James guy, Harden. You tell, me so. you, you tell, tell us, you, you explain to us anything different. You're the NBA guy. 
That's your expertise. But, that's p- but part of our podcast is getting y'all to share your I thoughts and opinions on sports and more. We just did that. Now, you tell us why that was justifiable. Exactly. Sports and more. And Doc models the, the, uh, <laughs> our and he's doing podcast a good job. t-shirt. He's doing a heck yes. of a job at it. He but, is. But, but getting back to my point, <laughs> you tell us why that was just What direction? If if I, Well, let me ask it this way. It's not your money, but let's just say Manna came down and you made a decision because my gut tells me the Fatitas are getting ready to do something. So are you asking me if I won lottery? Uh, Raiders uh, are moving uh, to Las Vegas. That's what uh, yeah, they're uh, preparing uh, for. We'll so see are you, if it's are you asking out. me if I were less, would I have given James Harden this renegotiation, contract extension? Yes. And what direction? Uh, well, it, yes. And what direction are you looking to take the team in two years, three years, five years down the road? I'm glad you asked that, sir. Well, then, Dag Nabbit, get on your job, then. Get on your J-O-B. All right. This is everybody knows me even though we seem to be lacking out of where people are. Bruce, where you at, baby? Need some comments and likes on a, on a Facebook Live here. <laughs> but uh, quickly, the, the during after the Rockets introduced Eric Gordon and Ryan Anderson to the media Saturday afternoon, they also announced that uh, James Harden had signed a four-year, they call it an extension, some folks call it a, rene- a renegotiation, because basically the deal allows Harden to get raises on the 2016-17 season and the 2017-2018 season using the uh, cap space they also they still had remaining. It's a four-year deal. For the next four years, Harden will earn 26.5 mil, 28.3, 30.4, and uh, a player option on the fourth year for $32.7 million in the, two, in the 2019-2020 season. And I think everybody believes after the third year he's going to opt out and try to get another bigger contract. One more contract you'll be, I think, 30-31 after three years from now, three, three seasons from now. But would I have done it this summer? No, I wouldn't have. But I understand why they did it, because they're trying to generate some interest. They're trying to keep the fans mm-hmm. happy. They're trying to keep the people interested. And I think it was smart to uh, lock in James Harden. He, he was agreeable to the contract, so that's one key factor right there. So uh, that's important. But during the press conference Saturday, it was clear to me, and I think the media in attendance, that the Rockets, James Harden, Les, Daryl Morey, have a chip on their shoulder. They're, they have, they're developing... He sounded as such, too. They're developing a, an us-against-the-world mentality and we'll see how, how that all plays out. You know, it could be bad. But I want to say this as well. The letter that the quotes that I read at the beginning of the podcast were part of James Harden's letter to uh, Red Nation Rockets fans. You can go to the team's website and read that or go to uh, my blog, men's who's blog at HoustonRoundBarview.com where he's promising the fans that the team will be uh, more of a team, better chemistry. But Saturday, he also made this comment that's on another blog post on the website on my, on my website quote I had to learn from it I'm talking about last season struggles how could I be better individually I learned from last year I think that's why I'm more excited about this year because I learned so much I'm able to go in with an open mind to compete at a high level and learn how to bring guys with me end quote so I, I think what he said Saturday and then the open letter to uh, the fans 
Monday is him trying to become a better leader, better team leader, and that's important. Right or wrong, he is a franchise player. We all know that he's a franchise player, and the Rocks will go as far as James Harden takes him. So I think these things are a step in the right direction. Now, personnel-wise, Eric Gordon, Ryan Anderson fit the offense. They fit Mike D'Antoni's offense. They will be open because of James Harden's ability to break down the defense. It's up to them to knock down the shots, and based on their career numbers, they are capable of doing that. I'm not sold on the team defense. I think they've added a lot of offense, so they'll be scoring a lot of points. And one thing that uh, Les and a few other policies they took shots at, but there's a quote that Les made in reference to the super team, which everybody knows is the Golden State Warriors. Right now. That uh, they have to defend us too. So that's a quote from Mr. Alexander in reference to the Warriors. All they right. have to defend us, too. Who on that team outside of James Harden strikes fear in Golden State as far as defending? Literally. I'm, talking, I'm not talking about over a game. I'm talking about in a situation of a four- to five-minute stretch that somebody is going to straight up go off. Are you talking about the Rockets or Golden the, State? The Rockets. Who on that team strikes fear for a, a four- to five-minute stretch in a situation either in the first half or the second half that somebody that strikes fear defensively for somebody else. Besides James Harden? Besides James Harden. Uh, James Harden? Maybe Eric Gordon, I think. I know he can. I'd say those those guys. Those two. Ryan Anderson can get hot from three-point line, but he can't. he's not as effective creating his own shot as Eric Gordon and James Harden are. That's my point. What, what point is that, sir? That means that you don't <laughs> have depth yet to strike fear defensively for an opposing team over a four to five minute stretch at all. And you need to get there. That's what that's the point you need to get to. Whether you get big or small or stay small or whatever, you need to get to the point to where you've got at least three to four guys that you can put on the floor just at one point, it doesn't matter when, over a four to five minute stretch and they create a lot of habit. You only, right now, you only got one, and you got the, the second guy, Eric Gordon. You got to work him into whatever you, you're looking to do this year. And right now, I don't see anybody else on that roster that can do that. And I'm not whether they can create their own shot or not. And I'm going to chime in one last thing before I throw, toss it to Doc. Mr. Harden added, we are not a super team, but no. just a group of guys that want to work hard to be the very best and our work begins immediately. We look forward to taking this incredible journey with all of you. With much love and great respect, James Harden. That sounds nice, doesn't it? It's, it warms your heart, and it's just a great, warm, fuzzy feeling, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Les also added this defense of his player in reference to uh, James Harden and the criticism he received on defense. Quote, the guy played 42 minutes, 43 minutes a game. He had to carry the team offensively. There were guys who couldn't shoot the ball many times. He was it. Then they expect him to go chase guys all over the court. There's only so much a human being can do. You should see him after the games, how tired he was. He'll play really good defense this year because he has guys who can help him, end quote. 
<laughs> nah, I know y'all got thoughts about that, right? Really? Is is is? Let's set it. it. Well, he can say that because he's signing the check. He believes that. You believe it? No. I mean, it's, it's, it's what what else is there? The end result is what we saw this season. You lose a coach at the end at the beginning of the season, and players done for whatever reason they weren't able to pull themselves together. And get to a point and says, we're going to go on a stretch. We're going to go on a run. That didn't happen. Doc? They basically kind of like fell into some situation. Um, it's really par for the course, the best way I can say it. I think it's just general banter as you go back and forth. You know, I kind of laid out my script. I just thought it's the business of basketball in terms of them trying to meet the salary. I think you added in a great point that they say they're trying to find a way to continue to make the general fans that are Rocket fans to have some sort of interest to keep some talking points out there. Uh, but in terms of him playing better defense, uh, I think he can play better defense. So from that standpoint, much of his defense, I think most people have thought is more about effort than his inability. I think it's silly for him to suggest that it was other players that made his effort not uh, very uh, tangible in terms of what he was getting done. So a lot of this, I think, is just good old-fashioned winter and summer break falling before the basketball season really gets started. I got one more for y'all, gentlemen. Quote, I think we do need to re-examine some of the elements of our system so that I'm not here next year or the year after again talking about anomalies. There are certain things, corrections we believe we can make in the system. Of course, we're not going to to negotiate here with the union. It requires two parties to make those changes. I think we've had very productive discussions with the union so far, and we will continue to do so, end quote. Who said that? Now, until you brought in the union, I thought Commissioner it would have been, been Daryl Morley. But when you brought in the union, Commissioner Silver. Correct. So, uh, so what's, what, let me ask this question. Apparently, a couple of the owners are being slapped upside the head and saying, hey, I'm tired of watching these guys moving around the league and we ain't got control of them and putting these teams together and going winning championships. Where does that leave me? Well, you got to make a decision. Do you want to be a, 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 at the tail end of the pig or getting fed, or, or getting fed in? Because if you're at the tail end, you're getting what you're getting. Doc, <clears throat> as a data doctor, I know you, I'm sure you have some thoughts on this. <clears throat> oh, I definitely have thoughts on Silver. I, I think he's appeasing the general public um, and, and, more importantly, the other owners that uh, we known have not don't like the idea of these super teams. But I think it's funny that in a lot of ways this was an anomaly. So you can try to make some rules, I suppose. But I told you before, in a lot of ways, you're creating an artificial framework. So when you change it, it's just going to create another scenario where you're going to have to change it some further time. Also, I think... It, they need to be careful about changing rules for something that essentially happened in an anomaly situation where that you had all this influx of money 
happening at one time. That doesn't always happen. You will, you should continue to see great influxes in the money. Obviously, next year you see another case. But you had a great superstar coming out at the same time teams had a bunch of money. Um, and so for Golden State, you had this super team. Also, to suggest that there's no interest, I don't believe it. I mean, there was great interest with Miami Heat. Obviously, I mean, tremendous amount of interest. Uh, to some degree, I would argue that the Cleveland Cavaliers, as they were putting their model together, they went over the cap. So you, some ways you can suggest that they had a modified super team. Uh, even when you go back to the Boston Celtics, when those guys came together, they had a super team. All those teams had great levels of interest uh, where people flocked to the TV. We saw the ratings for the basketball this postseason. Great interest. So I'm not sure how they put this together that the interest is not there. I just don't believe that's true. This is, again, there's the owners that want to, that are spending all this money, and they say we at least want a, a part of this. And then you add on the fact, finally, that you see what the NFL has been able to do. But I don't think the NBA is structured in such a way with a smaller number of players that it's as easy to create this consistent approach regarding a balance in teams across the board. So I think Silver is just doing his job. Um, the sad thing in a lot of ways, if we're not careful, it looks like we're heading towards a you know, strike, if, uh, more than likely a lockout. Matter of fact, uh, hold, hold that thought, okay. sir, because I, I want to give you some more quotes from the commissioner. <clears throat> Quote, I don't think it's good for the league, just to be really clear. I will say whoever is the prohibitive favorite, try telling that to the, 200, to, to the 430 other players who aren't on those two teams. I mean, we have the greatest collection of basketball players in the world in our league, and so I'm not making any predictions but there's no question when you, when you aggregate a group of great players, they have a better chance of winning than many other teams, end quote. But here's, a, here's something he also said in, in Tuesday's press conference. On the other hand, I absolutely respect the player's right to become a free agent. And in this case, for Kevin Durant to make a decision that he feels is best for him. I have no idea what is in his mind or heart in terms of how he went about how he went about making that decision, but we'll see. My belief is we can make it better. You had a unique situation with the Warriors. In that case, you you have three All Stars who were all drafted by the team: Steph at seven, Clay at eleven, and Draymond at thirty-five. So you had one free agent joining a team whose highest draft pick draft pick in terms of all-stars was seven. These are, are all issues we're already discussing. The two critical issues when you sit across from the union and bargaining are economics and then the system elements. There are other things we talk about as well, but those are the primary issues. Although we knew all this money was going to come into the system and many of these, many of these things could have happened, the fact it's now in front of us and we're looking at how the money is being paid out, and we see a particular player move. Yes, without suggesting I'm negotiating, there's no question that those are things that will be discussed in future meetings with the Players Association, end quote. Hmm. 
Thoughts? When is the uh, my my question was going to be when when is the CBA due for, for conversation? Either side can opt out December fifteenth of this year. So doing all star break and go to the table bargaining next summer. So doing all star break, a lot of guys won't be just taking a, a vacation. They'll actually be going sitting around the table, either on both or uh, possibly something. possibly. Just to find out where they are and where they stand, because the uh, the what's the young lady's name? The, Michelle the, Roberts. Yeah, uh, her intentions is it's all for this. It's all up for discussion. Oh yes, there's gonna be a lockout. Let me just exactly. say that the owner's gonna lock out the players <laughs> because she made a statement. When was it? When she came in? Or, uh, Practically the day she took over, took the job. So. I don't the, like the way this looks. The, the, her, the, the executive her, director her, of the union. That wasn't her exact words. She kind of like put it in, in lawyer term is what I call it, but to cut it, make it short and simple. I don't like the way this paperwork looks. Something that it, it, it can all be redone and should be redone. Because it's, it's too much one-sided than it is the other. Now, I don't know when the new TV deals and all, you know, other than well, everybody. started that. It kicked in right now, this summer. That's why, uh, that's why the cap went up so high. Well, nine-year deal, $24 billion. And next year, it's supposed to, the, everybody's cap is supposed to go over. The cap will increase a little bit more, but it's not expected to go as much as initially thought. That'll be another situation up for discussion. So, Doc, are you in favor of a hard cap? Hard salary cap? No, I'm, I'm, for the players, I'm like the op- I'm American. I like open market system. Understandably, that that's not going to happen. But you ask me what I like, sure. Um, so I like the open market. You know, get let people make what they're able to make uh, in an open market system. Um, so does that include the superstars making the most money? Yes. Okay. They the superstars. Exactly. The stars make more money. Right. So yes. Same way you do coaches, open market system. Who wants to pay for what? Same way with the commissioner. You know, whatever they can get on the table. They don't have a cap to say that you can't make more than this because you're the commissioner of the league and we don't want your salary to be uh, different from other commissioners. I hadn't heard that out there. So, no, I think the open market system. But I think what they're going to do here is I – I think they'll float out some things, but I, I think you have a, a, um, a association now that is pushing very hard to make sure that they don't lose any momentum for the players. I think the players are more educated than ever. I think you have superstars in LeBron James that are more have pushed for a long time for players' rights and interests to be hold. And... Um, so when you get that collective mindset together, they're not going to give up anything easily. So if the owners feel that they need to do something, I think the players are going to be the opposite side. They're going to have to give up. So you're in for a really tough lockout. And so no telling what type of rules you're going to get uh, when that takes place because it's such a give and take. So it's not even going to be about what do I think, what model really works. In a lot of ways, when you get into this, it's not all, all, not only about what each side wants, but what can each side get based on what do they have to give up to get that. 
And so that's the framing that I'm trying to go in with this, not necessarily what do the owners want, what do the players want. The question is, is which side will give a little bit of something to make sure the other side gets something and feels comfortable where we can see basketball. And that's what I want. And I'll wrap it up with one final quote from the commissioner. And uh, this is, uh, I'm reading most of this from uh, Ken Berger and Steve Bolpit to uh, longtime NBA writers who do excellent work and I follow on Twitter. But uh, Commissioner Silver, and y'all may have a comment of this, or you just may laugh. And by the way, I don't mean to be so cryptic in the case of Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant I absolutely respect his decision once he becomes a free agent to make a choice that's available to him. In this case, he operated 100% within the weight of the system and same with Golden State, end quote. Okay, and that's it? That's all he had to say? I mean, that, this, 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 as far as... It this. seems like he's trying to have it both ways. The system works, but, but it doesn't work. Yeah. And we need to fix it, right? And why is why 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 should there always be a but on the employer side and not on the employee side? Well, it's simple. I mean, with a lot of things things we see going on, I mean, in a lot of ways, that's the very definition of capitalism. You know, you fight, you push for what you can get. It's about power and control and gaining more leverage in terms of what you can put in your pocket. And so that's what the owner's about. And as the guy that is hired by the owners, let's not forget that. That's true. You know, he doesn't he represent the players at all. Right. You know, he needs to do some things for the player generally to make sure the game continues. But really, the larger part of his interest is about the owners. Now, there's a part of that is what's best for the game. Um, but if he goes back and just totally ignores the owners, he won't have a job very long. Let's, let's, make, let's make note of that. And so... He has to kind of wrap his mind around that. And so a lot of his talking points are essentially what he's gotten from the owners about how they want to proceed. So I agree with Chris that in a lot of ways he has this double talk. And he has to be careful because fans have become more educated too. And they understand how much owners are making more than ever. So... There may be a time, if you're not careful, where, as in the past, where everything was on the players, that this can start to shift, and people can start to look at the owners as being greedy. So he has to really play this in such a way that he gets this information like that we're happy with a lot of things going on, the game is good, because a lot of fans are happy right now. I mean, they may be frustrated with some things, super teams or whatever, but generally in terms of basketball, People watching, people in attendance. Many people would argue that basketball has eclipsed baseball in terms of financial wealth and health of the game. That type of interest of you would media rights to some degree. And so they have to play in such a way that do you want to give all this up to get a little something in the long term? Is it worth that? Yeah. And one last thing, and then right. I'll have everybody introduce themselves. This is basically, in a nutshell, Adam Silver's goals that he stated since he became commissioner of the NBA. First, NBA franchises, if well-managed, 
should have a chance to be profitable. That's his first point, first goal. Two, regardless of market size or the, well, combined together, NBA franchises, if well managed, should have a chance to be profitable. And two, regardless of market size or depth of ownership's pockets, they should have the opportunity to compete for championships. And those are the two goals. Some would argue, you know, they could be mutually exclusive. One of the things that people are are saying, fans, media, media have already declared the Warriors Western Conference representative and the Cavaliers the Eastern Conference representative. So the other 28 NBA teams are playing for for pride in third place in third through 30. Basically, that's that's some of the negativity that is already seeping out. And I think fans and media are afraid that that kind of apathy will impact the basketball season, attendance, interest, TV ratings, things like that. Thoughts on that? Well, I can tell everybody who you are, sir, and how they can find you on You can internet. find me uh, on the uh, internet uh, platforms at uh, Facebook, Twitter, TweetDeck, J.L. Woodley 1, Jerry L. Woodley Jr., SoundCloud, YouTube, and Blogger, Blogspot, at AKSV, the CSR, the College Sports Report. What are your thoughts on what, what, the, what I said? Will fans, will there be apathy? Will people not care that there's a two-team oh, race? Oh, yeah, they care because cause when you care, you don't show up. And you don't give your tickets away. You just basically want the owner to see an empty seat. So are you saying fans still care? They still care, and the only way that they can get their voice upon, uh, across is to not show up and not get a ticket away. Doc, will, they be, will, will there be apathy? From the fans? The fans, yes. Will, will the fans feel that my team doesn't have a chance to win championships, so I'm not even going to go? No, because I don't think that's why fans in general go to the game. Fans go to the games at some various level because they're emotionally tied to the team. For additional fans, some of that is contingent on whether they win it. But for a large group of fans, it's because they're fans of teams, fans of players. So there may be a small group of fans that have some apathy, but I think for the most part, fans are going to be into the games. And fans, and a, part, a lot of this... Uh, is from the fact that you no longer let players stay with the team anymore. So I'm not sure how much fans are just fans of teams. Fans are also fans of players. So uh, as long I, as I will agree with that. So as long as players are on teams and you can watch different players or uh, watch teams, for example, just me, I'll talk about this very personally. For the longest, I was a Lakers fan. For the longest, I was a Cowboys fan. Obviously, mind. those two teams are yeah. not doing very yeah. well right now. But over a period of time, and I've become less of an NFL fan the more that I've learned about just the sport and how debilitating it is to play. It's just hard for me to be a fan of a sport that is framed like that. So let me clearly get that out. And I've become more educated in just how much owners are making and how much this system uh, distributes and takes away the, the ultimate capital revenue of players in terms of what they can earn particularly in the sport of football, has 
has me become more a fan of players. So with that said, I tend to just watch the competition. So I don't care who it is. You tell me there's a game that is on. If I think it's a game that has players that interest me and there are some intrigue in the game, I'm watching the game for that. I'm not necessarily watching the game, the Lakers. I wouldn't watch every Laker game. I wouldn't buy the Lakers package. If I was in a different state, I wouldn't buy a package so I could just see the Cowboys. I'm fortunate Cowboys happen to be on most of the time, so I'm not sure you need it anyway because some way they tend to be the interest of people. So I think you'll be... I think you're leaving out a large segment of fans if you just believe that all fans are just all in, all day, all period of time. That is a group, but I think you're, you're not really focusing on the large framework of the various different fans that exist. And, and, and I'm going to wrap it up. Basketball Hold fans up. Are, are different than, than football fans. And, so, and, 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 and just like they're different than baseball, baseball. fans. Yes. Basketball fans, they'll alleviate mentally they'll say okay I'll accept a certain amount of losing non-competitive if I get an opportunity to see certain teams come in from out of town because I me personally the picture is going to be what this team looks like by the time the all-star break comes up and I think the same situation will arise if it doesn't, I owe y'all more, uh, more, uh, a couple of more stakes apiece. You're talking I, about the Rockets? Yeah. I mean, literally, I, I, I will owe y'all. It, if it doesn't change by – if the team doesn't change by the All-Star break compared to where it was last year, I don't, I don't, I'm adding at least five to ten more games. Wildcat, Wildcat. Daryl Morey said at Saturday's press conference. That ain't the – he ain't he, playing. He, he compares, He's not playing. He compares the He's not playing. Season. Season's team to the team that we he's used to not playing. I'm like, like the boxers now. He's not playing. He's I, not mean, but out I, I think that's his job to compare that. That's what he's supposed to do. He's the GM. He's putting his team together. He's putting his team together with the thought that they can be competitive and compete. Now, there's always going to be a vast array of how truthful all that is. And I guess in a lot of ways you're questioning that. But I just think in general, for the most part, he thinks that I can make a couple of moves, put this t- team together, we get a couple of breaks, we f- get some things together, we have the ability to make a run at this conference near the top. You have to think about, obviously, Oklahoma City is not going to be as strong as there. So that's one team gone. You have the, you know, San Golden State, they're still up there. San Antonio some transition with, with San Antonio to degree. They still have the part. Right. So, in, to some degree, there is some questions, Clippers, what's going on there. Yeah. There's some questions, to some degree, where is the top teams? We know those teams will probably be up there. If they can play a little better defense, they could go a long way. Now, you're like, that's ridiculous. They can't play better defense. But, obviously, they can play better defense. The question is, is will they put the time and the effort to put defense in there uh, to do that? So, I don't know. Sometimes I think if we're not careful, we can just overthink all this. And, and who are you, sir? I agree. Who are you? Let folks know in case they don't know who you are. Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, associate professor at Texas Southern University for the Sport Management Program. How can they find you on the Internet? You can find me on the Internet at THG-Agency.com. Website, a lot of information on consulting work that I do as well as some events we have coming up. 
second year, second annual Big Ben HBCU Football Award. We'll start to kick that off uh, in a couple of weeks to name the early watch list for who will be uh, on that list in regards to the award that is announced November 30th uh, at the end of the season, right before the SWAC championship game here in Houston. So we're pulling that together, excited about that. You can also get weekly reports on top 10 HBCU football poll. We do it for men's and women's basketball. You can also find that on the Houston Round Ball Review for those that are constantly watching that. Uh, that's a place you can get that information. So you can find me on the web in those places. You can also find me on social media platforms at Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Again, it's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. That's Dr. Kenyatta Cavill. Um, that's on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. If you follow those, you'll find out information about the show that we do every Tuesday. Uh, at KKVQ 92.9 in the historic KCUA studio. You can watch it live streaming. We put it on Facebook after we stream the show. Uh, if you want to see it at your own leisure. And we podcast the show for those that can't uh, get it or watch it and you want to listen to it as you drive or things of that nature. You can go to SoundCloud.com and type in Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBC Sports Lab. As I say, we do it live every Tuesday from 6 to 7 right there at KKVQ 92.9. On your phone, you can do TuneIn app, KSOH.com. And this previous that I just put up, put on SoundCloud, great show that you want to watch. Again, you can watch us live in the studio. We had a guest appearance by Prairie a football head coach Willie Simmons as he gets prepared to head to Birmingham on Thursday for the media day on Friday. And then we had a call in by the executive director, John Grant, of the Celebration Bowl. He did a great interview, gave up some new information. He was talking about the Celebration Bowl trophy tour that will take off this year and how fans can get involved. He put out there some information that I had to think about whether I was going to be a fan and get involved in this. Um, they're going to have it essentially where they have a package where you can be on the field, you can go to the the, the dinners that they have for the players, the aquarium, very nice dinners. I went last year as a media guest. Um, so very impressive. They're going to put you on the field and prime time seats for those that get involved with the Celebration Bowl. So that's uh, Air Force Reserve Heritage Bowl. So you can go to the Celebration Bowl website and you can find out how you can get involved with the trophy tour that's going to go uh, kick off being at the Swag Media Day uh, this Friday. So you'll see the trophy there. They kicked off uh, with the, uh, in Atlanta with the HBCU fun run they do down there. I thought that was pretty nice. And they're going to go to a couple of big-time games, three in the Swag and three in the MEAC. So great interviews. You can listen to the particulars and really get some great information. And again, you can find that on Facebook at Inside HBCU Sports Lab. Or you can go to SoundCloud and go to Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab to listen to that show. Really have some fun. Thank you very much, Doc. And thank everybody for watching our Facebook Live. And we'll do it again in the future. Peace. Wildcat, you got trips planned coming up, right, sir? Where yeah, will you be in man. a few days? All right. Come, well, let's, let me start with tomorrow. Tomorrow, Touchdown Club will host Baylor Football. New head coach, uh, Coach Grove, 
Uh, and apparently, you just told me something today. I'm expecting a new AD to be walking through the door, uh, uh, apparently, at Baylor. Um, Mr. Mac Rhodes. Yeah. It'll be a, a good day, and I, I'll make my salutations. I'll do my, ask my questions, get my one-on-one, and I'll post it up tomorrow before the sun comes down. It'll be a good day. But starting on Monday morning, I will be in Dallas at the Big 12. And the schedule, I hadn't got the, the uh, I'm expecting the schedule at any time now uh, to what uh, the Big 12 uh, uh, in, in the category as far as what position the coaches at the schools and all will be uh, arriving and be doing that one-on-ones. We'll all get a chance to do a cattle call and a, uh, with uh, the commissioner uh, with everything that's going on now in the Power Five, especially uh, since everything, uh, the situation, the big changes and all that have gone on at, at Baylor. It'll be interesting to where, where the uh, conference is headed and what they're looking and intend to do and uh, moving forward, what corrections and all they'll make uh, suggest, well, I'm going to say make because suggestions are out there. Uh, the window right now falling to the ground because they're at that point where they need to definitely make some corrections and all of what needs to happen as far as concerning student athletes uh, activities on, on campus and off and uh, I'll have those that all that's put into the uh, online as early as possible starting at uh, once the day's activities are finished that's Monday and Tuesday of next week the 18th and 19th and the following week on the 25th and 26, I'll be back in Dallas again for the Conference USA. Uh, the schedule right now sits as the Western uh, Division will go on Monday, and the Eastern Division will go on Tuesday. So that, that uh, have there have been some changes. Um, I'll be definitely happy to see uh, new coach at Southern Miss, Doc. Refresh my memory. What is what's is coach's name? Uh, that was at Alcorn. Uh, uh, Jay. Yeah, coach Hobson. Jay, Jay Hobson. It'll be interesting to see how he's adjusted going back home, as they say, and now making yeah. uh, going through the changes now after going through the swag and with that talent and their different talent pool, how much of a change and how much of an upgrade it'll be. Yeah, I think it's a different talent pool, but I think one of the problems he has is he has to find a way to increasingly increase this talent pool. You got to remember, just two years ago, um, Alcorn gave Southern Miss all they can want. Some people said if it wasn't for a couple of cut, there you go, there you go, making it nicely. There you go, there you go, folks. Doc said it. Southern Miss wouldn't have got out there with that win, so. I think that lets you know that there's not necessarily a great deal of talent gap as you allude to. So I think one of the reasons he was hired is, just because, is because of that fact. And that's not going to happen in one offseason. Well, that's true. So that's recruiting is, 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 is... I think what you're going to... To me, if you're a fan of Southern Miss, one of the, a couple of things that you want to listen to, look for. Usually when you have lack of talent, there's another component that goes with that. And usually it's a team that is not very distant. Right. Oh, yeah. And they kind of go hand in hand. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so I think one thing you want to look for is with the new coach, does he have the ability to have a team become more disciplined? They become more disciplined. Then as fans that watch that, mm-hmm. um, they don't like losing. I, t- I said that earlier. But, again, fans at that level, true fans, they'll watch a team if a coach – 
can communicate the effectiveness of how hard this team works, how much they're trying, and you see the effort, as they like to call it that, and particularly when that effort is based on a level of dis- discipline being very sound uh, in just you. the general techniques of the game. So I think that's what I would look for this year if I was a Southerners fan. And as a analyst, that's more what I'm going to look at, not just out and right out wins. I'm not sure if you can make that kind of magical move in one year. And the other, uh, I'll get a chance to talk to Coach Bates and see where the Owls are. Uh, this what they've been doing, you know, in, in the off season. What new uh, trinkets and all that they'll be adding, uh, subtracting all to the offense and defense this year. And then the following week, I head off to Newport, Rhode Island, August first and second, for the American Football Conference. They are in, they, they are the American. The American now, now? okay. It's, I was about to say, so we're no longer the act. No, no, okay. no. It, it's, things changed last year. Good. good I mean, good. literally, they changed. Everybody now, they they respect the conference. You know, Navy, uh, the Cougars, uh, they put some some stamps on some folks, and they know <laughs> you got to come ready to play. Certainly. You know, Cincinnati was uh, is, is not a given anymore. Uh, Temple has made a push. Uh, let's see who else. Uh, right now, those those four teams that all come to mind. As for in the Florida schools, uh, you know, in, in Conference USA, they've all made a push. Uh, Western Kentucky. Hopefully, they can get you know they they can come around like the basketball programs, but the non the non five are doing some, some some great things now as far as, as you at least to uh, earlier, Doc, about recruiting. But this is and not then, college baseball. Oh, now, trust so me. So don't now, get it now. twisted. But now. They're not getting the invite to the top four. Oh, no, that, that ain't happening. That, okay. I just want to make sure you were fair to the fans and didn't get their hopes no. up. Oh, not right. saying they don't necessarily deserve right. it, but the way the system is designed, as they it's say, not going to As somebody happen. says on a, on a regular basis, the system is rigged against them. Yeah, and, and, and many people can attest to that in various different ways this week with oh, all the yeah. things that are going on. But that's the subject for another day. Right. But uh, hopefully the system I, is rigged. Some some political person is saying that now. And but it's rigged. But we've known it was rigged for <laughs> against us for years. But anyway. I'm talking about right now just on the on the on the, on the, on the Oh, I know side. what you're talking about. But, yeah. Because, oh, yeah, we don't. Uh, we know what you're talking clearly about. Clearly, what both of you are talking <laughs> yeah. about. And, and I'm going to stick with the academic, uh, the athletic part of it right now. And in, in reference to, they are everybody's scheduling games now. They, they're scheduling outside, uh, and they're helping. They're basically putting a position. They got to help themselves along. You know, this, teams it's still the SEC is is not, as I say, not a part of the share pool. No, oh, no, certainly. SEC is not a part of the shampoo, but now I'm not sure they want to share with each other, but they have to. They split equally. Oh, at some point, some point, at some point. But get, stand back, uh, stand on, on where I'm at now with the, with the three uh, media football media days. Hopefully, this year it'll be a lot more respect with the American, just because of the fact that U of H is still in the conference hadn't moved on yet but trust me yet you, you, you hinted at this earlier about the Fertitas about to do something now you're saying yet hey what are you saying Wildcat 
Strength this is the KG Fifth World Walking and Dog yeah, Podcast. I'd, I'd like to know. We don't hold our tongue for nobody on these on we, the podcast. What are you what are you getting at here? I'm supposed to find out at Media Day from a person that who's I Media Day? The, the, the Americans? Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Uh, that's somebody, two somebody weeks. Is, whoa, 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 until next week. Couple yeah, of weeks. Two weeks. Two, two weeks. Yeah. You gonna be a tired man because that's you. You you're traveling. Dallas is wait a minute. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The three of y'all know me better than that now. Going to Dallas is no is no road trip. Okay, all right. Because I'm just gonna say you you're doing that. You're going to Dallas twice, two weeks in a row. Right. But then you're going to Rhode Island. Then now going to Rhode Island is gonna be different. And then week after that we go on to Indy. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. For for the mock selection for women's basketball, that's gonna be a tired man right there. Don't yeah. doze off and doing the selection. I'm gonna have to tap Rick and say, "Rick, wake, <laughs> wake him up right there." You know, make sure you stay awake. Trust me now. You know, you know okay. if somebody makes some stupid comment, you know, I get famous again. He'll, he'll, yeah, he'll wake up. He'll rise up on that. But we also have before. Where is it? When is when are you gonna be in Rhode Island? Uh, August the first and second. Okay, so you might you'll probably miss the uh, oh yeah the teleconference then because yeah. that's on the second. Okay, yeah, ain't no big deal. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of curious how they're gonna do it. That's one of the reasons why I'm doing it to see how things. Have changed. Change. Yeah, yeah, started yeah. participated and, years and, ago. And trust me, you you let me know. Oh yeah, you know that. No doubt about that. One thing that that KJ and I are, are very good at when we get invited to these conferences, we are prepared when we go there. Oh yeah, I will. We we definitely are not going there deaf, dumb, and blind. No, no, no. Mm-mm. They all know. Got to represent. Stand up for myself. The Houston Round Bar Review. You represent College Sports Report. Yep. Represent us, the people who look like that's us. That's true. Ralph Cooper and it ain't a whole William lot of us Stigney in the room. who uh, taught us, <laughs> yes. and mentored us to do things, be prepared wherever we go and who we represent, and never forget who we are and why why we're there. So, oh yeah, we can represent. Trust and believe that. So, Doc, go ahead. How good would TSU football be this year? I was asking that question earlier. I think they'll be fortunate to get the three or four wins. Again, this is another example where I think you don't, you, as a fan, I know it's hard, but if you're looking at wins, you, you might find yourself disappointed. This is a I progress year. It's progress year. You really need to look at the discipline. And what's even more challenging for Texas Southern as opposed to Southern Miss is the fact that you have you had the penalties. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was going to ask you. So their numbers, the depth. Football is a game where you have to have the depth. Obviously, you need the talent. But not only do you need talent, you need depth. And sometimes the depth is not just in regards to how talented that depth is, but even if it's enough depth to give your stars enough rest so they're not grinding the first part of the season where it uh, challenges them at the end of the season, either in terms of their stamina, Mm -hmm. but more importantly in terms of injuries that creep up just – because of the amount of physical framing that you take during the game. When does the punishment end for them? Next year. And that's when they get a full allotment of what yeah, is the it? Yeah, uh, the next year. 65 yeah. or the, the end of next year, so they got to go to another season? Yes. So this year, this season, and then next season. Right. But I penalty. think next year they should be better because they get a larger number of scholarships. Okay. Um, uh, and so right I now they have, what, around 55 or something? I believe so. And folks, that's not a lot. Doc, on, on the college level, that is not a lot of depth. Literally, right. that is just yeah. you. Are, you are fighting. Not a lot of depth. So I think the team is better prepared. I've seen them working out quite a bit on their own in terms of summer, uh, with the strength coach, which they can do. 
And so I've seen a lot more in terms of discipline. So again, this is another example where I'm looking at the discipline in the plays, which I think is going to get them a couple of games. The, the schedule is much tougher with Houston Baptist and uh, Sam Houston State versus NIA programs they had in the past and, and mm-hmm. one program that wasn't even uh, listed yeah. in, in any organization affiliation. And so they're not on the schedule. I think Houston Baptist still has some strides to go. So that's really a game that I'm looking to see just how far they come along. If they've come along like I think, uh-huh. I should be happy at the end of the game because I'm going to get my stakes. Yeah. If they haven't, you will be happy because you're going to get your stakes. But now, so I think I, that is a key game to really look in a lot of directions um, just how far they've come even over the over just last year. And because that's the game they're going to need to be disciplined in that game, yeah. especially being on the road. And, and what, team that's when is that really game? Hyped. What's the date? You, you just is that the second or third week of the season? Hold on here. It is, yep, second week, uh, September 10th. That's what I thought. Okay, I didn't want to misspeak on that one. So, uh, so uh, that th- that Tuesday evening, somebody's going to be enjoying some steaks. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Doc says it's going to be him. And how many is it? One or two? No, it's five. Oh, it's five. Oh, yeah. So you're going to pay it off. Bring your butt out there, you gonna man. You're going to pay it off in, in, in installments? Yeah, yeah. I don't need it all. I can't eat no fries. Bruce! Bruce Bevins, bring two. your butt yeah, out. Maybe two. two and share one of them for the table. Oh, see. You listen to this? So you said two and share one with the table. Yeah. So that'd be three on you that, 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 that evening. You Bruce! Ready? You ready for that? Oh, yeah. We got to chime in with Bruce. Yeah. Bring your butt out. Thank you for the support and the photos and everything you're doing and spreading the word. Bruce, man, we got to feed you, man. So we got to get make this work so we can plan it out and and uh, meet up and enjoy this, some uh, yeah good food and beverage and some good discussions. And discussions. So, yeah. So we'll be in the heart of it then. So we really yeah, yeah. May, so may yeah. give us some ideas for the show, some things that we need to consider. That, in terms that could be in, too. Making sure we get in there. So yeah. I'm, I'm excited about Friday because it goes down. I'm I'm thinking uh, when you go to the Swag Media Day, I'm looking for them projections. Uh-huh. This is not necessarily my projections. I'll okay. say that for another show as we get a little yeah, closer. I was going to ask you to put okay. it on the spot. But okay. but this, is, this is the projections I see that the SIDs will come up with, coaches. And I think you're going to see Grambling at number one in the West. Okay. Uh, Prairie View, number two. Okay. Three, um, Southern. Uh-huh. Four, Texas Southern. Five, Pine Bluff. Okay. So Say that again. Who's second? Second and Prairie. Prairie. Okay, that's what I thought. All right. Yeah. Southern third. I think Prairie and Southern will be relatively close. On the west, I think uh, you're going to see the Braves of Alcorn still at the top. On the east side. Yeah. Number two, Alabama State. Three, Jackson State. Four, Alabama A and M Bulldogs. And five, Mississippi Valley State. Hmm. So that's the projection. So we'll see next week how close I was with the media projections as you get into it. Um, interesting to see on the on the offensive side who's going to be preseason player of the year. Uh, the West and and some teams, the league is going to really be top heavy on the quarterbacks. You yeah, have some solid quarterbacks coming back. Uh, 
sophomores and juniors. Right, guys that got one that senior extended time, extended time. Like yeah, my, but they, a lot of five. these players started as freshmen and sophomores. Okay, so they played a couple of years, so they're really entering in the maturity of what they should bring. So Prairie View, uh, Southern, you have a transfer coming in from Mississippi, uh, Grambling. So that's going to be intrigued to kind of see how that moves along, and then Jackson State. As well as Alcorn, all have quarterbacks that people will put their eye on, and even Alabama A&M. So, I think that's something that you want to consider uh, going into this week. Who is going to get the nod for the preseason offensive player of the year? Defense, I think, all everything linebacker from Alabama State. I think he's going to get it done in terms of uh, defensive player of the year. So, those are some of the early predictions I'm putting out there. As far as your, your the uh, Big Ben, who uh, who's on the lookout? Since everybody's putting out their their, their watch list, I think you got to look at Trey Green. Uh, these are some early names, and it'll be deep in this, and we'll go into some detail. Uh, but I, I do like talking about this. So I put it out. I think Trey Green. He was a finalist last year, so I think uh, and, uh, he has the type of season that you got to believe that he's going to come back. Um, you also have a quarterback. Uh, from Howard, that's from Pearland area, area here, Johnson, mm. Kalen. So look at him to be a sneak in there. He started the last couple games last year, so I think he's a guy that can find a way to get in the mix. You look at the defensive side, Cornelius Henderson, he's back as a defensive player. Um, he's a hard guy that you look at it defensively because he plays a tackle position. So he really plots and gets things done, but I tend to look at him in terms of uh, how the other players play in, at the linebacker position and the defensive ends in terms of the total team statistics, tackles, and sacks for them to kind of look to see if he's effective. So I think those are some of the guys that you want to look at in terms of some talented uh, players that everybody wants to watch in terms of early names on the watch list. Let's not forget uh, all everything wide receiver right here uh, at Texas Southern oh, University. Oh, yeah. Uh, Griffin, oh, two-sport yeah. two star, I should say, yes. Derek. Uh, you have to look at him, give him some nod uh, in w- regards to talented play there. So those are some of the guys that I think that are going to be up top of the list uh, for the Big Ben HBCU Football Award. Remember, this list is not just about HBCU players, but the HBCU players have to have a tie to Texas, either by birth, uh, high school, um, uh, we had a guy on there from Langston, actually, from New Orleans, but transferred to Dallas, and this was after Katrina, so he made the list. So that's the kind of nuances you can have, obviously, the JUCO. And then you can have players from out of state, but they would have to play at HBC in the state of Texas, which was the winner, Bear, as he was actually a mm-hmm. uh, Louisiana kid, Lake Charles, getting it done, um, coming over here and winning the award as running back for Prairie View. So that's the thing I got. I would say Trey Green has the chance to be the top quarterback of all HBCU quarterbacks coming this year. So it's really an interesting league. I didn't give the names, so let me jump in these names real quick uh, in terms of the top quarter. I gave the teams, but I want to give some love for the teams. But Norris Footman, he was a guy that actually took over for Gibbs. John Gibbs, everything, yes. and yeah. wouldn't uh, relinquish the position of how talented he is. So he's back. Be interesting to see sophomore year. So you think about the sophomore slump, keep your eyes on him, new coach, uh, new coordinator. 
So it's going to be intriguing to see if he can take that next step in terms of leading the team. He's not a person uh, that leads in terms of voice like John Gibbs did. He's a type of quarterback that really leads by his style. He's quick, uh, can make plays with his feet and his arms, so that's something that I want to be interested Austin Howard, you know there's some talent in the league when you have somebody like Austin Howard. Many people would rank him third or fourth in terms of the quarterbacks in the league. This guy's a senior. He's uh, been playing since a freshman and played very steady. So he's back in the mix. He has some depth behind him at the running position and quarterback. So he should be able to make some plays. Leonard Tillery and Willie Quinn, that's the guy that you want to look for all conference preseason team, Leonard Tillery and Willie Quinn in terms of what they get it done. Then you go, as we said, back into the East with Lamontes Ivy at Jackson State. He's a tough kid. He uh, is a quarterback that made plays but didn't have the coordination of the talent around him with the new coach. They're going to focus more on the run, which can make him even more dangerous in terms of when he does pull up and throw the ball again. One that everybody's going to have their eyes on is Grambling State quarterback Devontae Kincaid. He's the transfer that came in from Mississippi. Remember, he was a quarterback out of Dallas. Okay. Skyline that led the team deep in the playoffs. Uh, First time that a school in the quote-unquote inner city uh, area had made it that deep run in the playoffs as they were semifinals uh, in a game that they uh, very well could have won to let you know just how talented the team was. They had a lot of Division One players on the team, and he was one of them as he, quote-unquote, took his talents to Mississippi, but now says, let me take my talents to Grandma State. So that means that uh, State Fair Classic is going to be interesting. Obviously, for Prairie View Coach Willie Simmons, he said you're getting a little too far ahead of yourself. Look at game number one, Texas Southern University. So uh, it's going to be interesting. Prairie View's opening up a new stadium. A lot of intrigue, a lot of interest down there in terms of what's going on. I would argue that they have preseason their toughest games at home. We'll see how much that plays in their favor. That schedule includes, obviously, your rival. You get your rival at home. That's a nice thing with Texas Southern. Uh, you get a uh, perennial top team in Southern on your campus. Yeah, Second yeah. time ever, or at least in a great deal of time, over 40-some years. We played in there two years ago, and they brought him back. So that's going to be an intriguing game. Obviously, all corners predicted to be at the top. I told you many people think they're going to be at the top of the East. They have them on campus. So you yeah, have yeah, Alabama yeah. State. That is ranked third. Some people would put Alabama State as high. Well, I had them two, excuse me, as I, I said, I think they would come in. So you have them on campus. So you have some of your toughest teams. So the biggest game in terms of the road right now, in terms of teams that will probably be in the mix, uh-huh. is Jackson State. Well, let me ask you this question. Obviously, Doc. you have Grambling at a neutral site in Dallas for the State Fair class. As, as you break this schedule down, was that part of the plan also with the new stadium coming in with all these teams and all this? No, I, I can't give them that type of credit. To that, <laughs> that thing. I think things fell in the place. Because I'm going to tell you. a lot of ways you got to think about it from that standpoint, you really can't control the other teams and just how talented they are. That, that's true. So it, but it just fell they, together. They got, they, got, they got a fan base now. They, 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 those yeah, teams, those yeah. teams definitely. I don't think you have to do a great deal of marketing to put you know, upwards to 15,000 fans in some of those games that we just said for your home schedule. Correct, correct. Especially if the team gets off uh, where many start, yeah. people expect a beating a rival. And, and then obviously you have the tough slate going to Texas A&M. Uh, I don't believe anybody's expectation that that is not going to get ugly. But hey, you do have fans out there and you never know. That's come, true. Come that is you. true. And they scheduling. So you go out there to play the game. But then they go back and they go on the road. They go to Alabama A&M. So that's your first road trip. 
my understanding they played them they scheduled already so they'll they'll fly out there so you have some couple of kids that hadn't uh, flown before so it'll be interesting to just see how that goes plus again you're coming off an emotional game and so mentally you don't want your team to really get beat up not just physically but mentally against Texas A&M so if they can be 2-0 and in the conference race uh, before they come home uh, for some tougher games I think uh, it'll be interesting that train and fan base can get to rolling really quick well it'll be Speaking of, I got a uh, Conference USA uh, women's basketball uh, schedule release. It has a road stretch in the month of February. We're already talking oh, yeah. college basketball. Oh, yeah. The people are trying it's to always basketball season, Doc. Always basketball season. Somewhere. You talk about the games on the court, (laughs) off the court, free agency, coaching moves. It's always basketball season. They they've got a four game road. I don't disagree with that. I was talking particularly with the scheduling of Oh yeah. Conference schedule college basketball. Yeah, the conference schedule you you know. Non conference schedules are are starting to come out this week. Yeah. Um they in month of February, they're on the road for four games in a row. They go to UTSA, UTEP. It never Southern ends. Miss it never and La Tech. Tech. Rarely has the Air Force Reserve Celebration Bowl on their schedule. So really, see where they're focused. Oh my goodness! Swack Championship game is on wow. schedule too. So yeah, wow. There's a lot of people that are excited about what's going on in the really to let you know what's okay. going on. Okay, so that was what what I'm interested in. So the first three games, first four games, as I said, Texas Southern. At home on campus, they go to Texas A&M, they go to Huntsville, Alabama, they go to Mississippi, Alabama. So, realistically, they can be 3-1, and 3-0 and in the conference race, heading to Dallas for the clash against the G-Men. That's going to be something. Man, Man. So yeah, that, 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 this, it's been Will a you while. be in attendance, sir? I have a um, conference where I, I have to look at the schedule. I may be required to may, be, may in, be out of the country. Yeah, in a world traveler somewhere in Trinidad. That's true. Or, you hey, know, somewhere you like know, that. Barbados you know. is. Excuse me, Barbados. <laughs> I'm sorry. My bad. I'm sorry. I knew it was hey. one of those islands, you know. Yeah, I had a paper that's been accepted uh, to present at a cla- uh, conference there. So I'm working on uh, my travel plans to get those done. So in a lot of ways, I'm trying to get back where I can fly into Dallas this Saturday morning. If that's the case, I will be um, in Dallas. Kind of wrap it up, but it uh, seems like the ESPYs are, or well, the SPs are occurring right now while we're podcasting. Why, and why it, is it that? seems like uh, ESPYs this year are finally having some substance going on at at their ceremonies with the Arthur S. Courage Award going to Xavier Dobson. Who, if you don't know, you need to Google his name. Mm-hmm. I'll spell it for you: Z A E V I O N. Last name Dobson, D O B S O N. He's a young man who threw his body, shielded his b- body in front of two young ladies. Uh, he saved them, but in the process, he was killed, protecting them from the bullets. So he used his body as a shield to protect those two young women. And his mother accepted the award. So. You can just go to um, YouTube, whatever, look on the internet, see her speech and see the story of uh, Xavion Dobson. Yeah, uh, tremendous, tremendous story. All, a lot of my friends are tweeting and retweeting it, that they're in tears and crying and watching, uh, hear, reading the story. I, I don't believe some of them 
had heard about it when it first happened. So this is new to some of them as well. But there's a whole lot going on in, in America um, that some folks still refuse to accept and acknowledge exists. And some people choose to see words that aren't don't aren't even there when we when we say black lives matter i didn't i didn't just say white folks don't matter i didn't say cops don't matter i didn't say Asians don't matter i didn't say gays don't matter i said black lives matter that's what i said don't read into don't put what you want to be in th those three words except what what we just said what as you see face value as face value at what it is black lives matter yeah I, I, you pointedly point that out there uh, but you're a better man than i am i'm to the point if you want to discuss it at that level or somebody tries to engage me about that conversation i say well we really which is essentially what a lot of people want so i understand it we essentially do not have anything to talk about you know i no longer waste time talking to individuals that are ignorant and try to play as if they're not so if you're not going to come to me with intelligent conversation uh, I'm not going to waste my time with you my time is too valuable and I move forward uh, but with that as you were talking about the SPs uh, NBA stars uh, which tells you a lot about basketball seasons they're, they're stepping up they call uh, for an end to the violence particularly at Le LeBron James several on the stage and this is a different on social group. activism. They this were quoting saying, group. we all have to do better. They mentioned uh, the athletes that stood up in the 60s and it says that it's our time to make a stance and to do our part. So I think that's interesting. A backstory, and I know we don't want to go too far in the SEC, but I think it's very intriguing uh, on the two couple of issues with the SEC that really surround these items from a national perspective. You had first the commissioner come out and uh, make some quotes and enter into the foray uh, talking about the, the differences in ethnicities. Again, I do not like to use the term race uh, because it's not a biological factor. It is a component of uh, uh, individuals made that were particularly designed um, for race science, junk science. So I don't even like to use the term until we learn those kind of idioms, if you would, uh, the pr proper uses of words. It kind of creates a framework that I'm not comfortable with anyway. So he quoted as he was talking about slides, making a quote from Nelson Mandela. I thought it was interesting that they're entering in the foray of these questions, whether you think it's gen genuine or not. I think it's a fair question. I think it's important to see that the landscape is changing. And I think in a lot of ways, it's not only directly what takes place, but you also have to remember what happened in Missouri. So they have a very intriguing eye on what is taking place and the focus of players and the power that they know they have and trying to make sure in a lot of ways that they don't go too far with that power, uh, which means they would have to succeed some power, but they do understand the question need to be asked. And then I think a, a bigger framework that I think some people should go out there and really look. Uh, it's blasting away and people are focusing on the fine bond and Saban interaction with each other, particularly at the end of that quote. Said basically saying that's the end of that. That's all I'm going to say about that. 
I was going to end the show with that, but I, I didn't know if the readers, would, readers or listeners, I should say, would understand the framing. But I think there was an intriguing that I'm starting to read in a lot of the reports out there that some people are concerned about Saban and the fact that he was alluding to possibly that the police, uh, that he was questioning why were the two players, football players, obviously out of bounds, football players were arrested and the other two were not. So some people are taking that to read that the police were not necessarily doing, they were doing their, their job, job. Or they were not only not doing their job, which could be even worse, they were selectively. Trying to prove a point. No, no. it was more worse than proving a point. Because now you're selectively deciding who you are going to arrest and place blame on this incident and taking place. And some people are alluding to the fact that they believe is that these were supposedly LSU fan cops or whatever, and this was their way to help LSU and um, oh man, yeah, put punishment to Alabama. So that was far-reaching. But the fact that people were even looking at this, but they were concerned. Some people were concerned that uh, Saban would even intimate it. And so that's why I wanted to make sure we got that on the sure, table sure. that people need to get in and look at that. That this. It's serious, and you already have those people out there. As Feinbaum said, the media is scared of saving and won't talk up for it. But this aggravated a lot of that questions out here, and the fact that there's some ties, if not directly, indirectly, to the discussion you had that I thought was important to share that type of information for people to go read and make their own judgment. Uh, I just like to provide you with the information to let you know that this is integrated. Uh, in society in a lot of ways and I do not mean integrate in the way that we use the term integration, from, uh, integration. I'm talking about in terms uh, the way that it crosses uh, different different lanes at various times so fascinating fascinating stuff and fascinating time we live in a, I would um, like to believe even though I'm not sure that things will get better. It, it shows you that the power of football, SEC football, football in certain parts of the country, where that could even even be discussed as a possibility that it occurs. I mean, hell, the Tallahassee Police Department, folks have been convinced for a while that, that they've... Uh, Look, they're, they're look they're the other way. Yeah, they am, not yeah. only do they look the other you know, way, that they were financially in partnership yeah, with, with, the, uh, with the Florida, Florida State, State Athletic so. Directors in terms of their, them wanting additional pay for participating uh, with the games, which had them look the other way when incidents took place. So uh, people are questioning uh, police in various facets, and it's obviously that they're not comfortable with it when you look at what took place with the Minnesota Lynx and the statement they made. Accountability. That's what it comes down to. That's really all we want. Accountability. <clears throat> yeah. Right, wrong. We know it. We know what it is when we see it. If you do wrong, you should be punished for doing wrong. Yep. Yeah. Whether you black, white, brown, and then don't act like another ethnicity doesn't do it, and you're 
ethnicity is perfect and above the law and above above reproach. Yeah, I think as you're getting to so, it, people want fair and balanced, no matter how it leans, one way or the other. Well, yes, if that's, somebody that's what does they something, say. Yes. If somebody does something and they get prosecuted in a certain way, people want that to be the same. But we know that not to be the truth, whether it's ethnicity related, whether it's socioeconomic status, where whether it's the brand name of individuals, we know uh, that that is not the case. And that's where a lot of frustrations are at because people can visually see that. And so um, it's an extension of where we are at this time. So you're going to see more of this talk continue to some degree as now you're seeing more than ever that athletes are finding their voice and how they want to see this. Some people are happy about that and some people are not. And we're going to wrap it up on that because, excuse me, our podcasts are sports and more. And that's one thing we pride ourselves on. Some may not like it. Some may disagree. Some may be uncomfortable. That's I'd rather be uncomfortable than comfortable. Well put. And But if you are, as we used to say in some previous podcasts, that's a you problem. <laughs> Going to wrap it up. Gentlemen, thank you. Safe travels to both of you. Thank you. These next few days and weeks. Yeah. Gonna wrap it up as I always do. Oh, not everybody. In case everybody forgot, our podcasts are available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Pod Directory. I'm KG of the Houston Round Ball Review, HoustonRoundBallReview.com, Houston Round Ball Review on Instagram, Houston Round Ball Review on YouTube. So we're out there. Uh, we're trying to do more things, reach a broader audience with the uh, Facebook Live segment. Thank you. Uh, for chiming in on that one of my co-workers uh, chimed in this evening thanks for that I appreciate that love bro um, <clears throat> gonna wrap it up as I always do in conclusion be true be cool and do more <laughs>